Welcome to the October 22nd Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-7, through 7, and the sermon is entitled, A Word to Husbands and Wives, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Today, if you are here and you have the awesome privilege to have your spouse sitting beside you, now is the time you get your elbow ready. And get ready to nudge one another back and forth, okay? I'm grateful for the opportunity God's Word has for us. And I want you to know right out of the get-go, chapter number 3 of 1 Peter at the beginning and at the end have some of the toughest scripture in all of God's Word. Today, it is not a condemnation of anyone, but it is a challenge to the couple's to the Christian couples within our congregation. You have noticed I have titled this message, A Word to Husbands and Wives. And so today you may be here and you may say, Pastor Jeffrey, I'm not married. This has nothing to do with me. Well, yes, it does, because you don't know what the future has in store. And God has a plan to work through all of our lives. And I want you to know today as we break open the bread of life, we come to some of the most misused and twisted scriptures of all of God's Word. And here's what I want you to know. The greatest relationship in your life should be that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And the second most important relationship, if God so blesses, is with a spouse, a husband or a wife. And that should be a close second to God. But when God's word speaks of the, the, this relationship between a husband and wife, it is a call for Christians to take notice of what God's word has to say. As we deal with man and woman today, this is not who is the greatest, but this is a conversation of the order in which God has ordered things. Before we get to 1 Peter, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 3. And this, or you can write it down and go back to it later. But here's what Paul writes to the Corinthian church. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man And the head of Christ is God. Today we deal with some difficult scripture about God's order within the Christian home. Scripture does not put man above woman or woman below man. Scripture actually puts man and woman together to be helpmates to one another. And yet in this order we see... God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the man, and the woman. And how many of you know when things get out of order, chaos ensues. You can just open the word and you can see Satan himself was created to be an angel. He was the most beautiful angel. But Satan wanted the place of God Almighty. And when he tried to take that place, that's when chaos ensued. Third of the angels fell from heaven. 
And so we understand that Satan is a ringleader of that chaos. Today I hope the first seven verses of chapter number three teach us four points that I want to give you today. The first thing, first, first verses one and two. Look there with me, First Peter chapter number three, verses one and two. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversations coupled with fear. The first point that I want you to see today is a spirit of submission. A spirit of submission. Peter's words here are used, are very similar to the word that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter number 5. And for time's sake, I'm not going to get there. But later on, read Ephesians chapter number 5 and you will see that Paul also outlines the order. But I want you to know this. Peter and Paul were not testosterone-driven male chauvinists. They were godly men who understood there was an order in which things needed to be done as you lived for God. I believe these men were spirit-filled men wanting God to be glorified in every part of life. How many of you today want God to be glorified in your marriage? Amen. Raise your hand if you want God to be glorified in your marriage. Now put them down because I'm going to ask you another question. How many of you had a fight on the way to church? How many of you had a fight on the way to church? How many of you know that Satan wants that? Satan wants chaos to happen before worship. Some of the greatest disagreements between husband and wives happen on a Sunday morning. And you can shake your head no to me if you want to. But I know otherwise because I've had them. These spirit-filled men took the word of God. And what Peter writes here is this. There is a proper way in government in which we looked at. And in the workplace in which we looked at. And even in the home or in the marriage that people need to submit. It is not easy to submit in an unfavorable government. It is not easy to submit when, there, when you have an unpredictable boss. And it is not easy to submit when you have an unbelieving husband. And that is the spirit in which Peter writes here. You see the call of wives being able to respect and honor their husbands. And I don't want you to miss a word here. Look at verse number one. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband. You need to circle that word own. Because that is the one that you're called to be in subjection to. Not to every husband, but to your own. And there is something that God does within the marriage between a woman and a man that, that you are there for each other. And so it's to your own husband. But look at the rest of that. That if any obey not the word, if they are not a believer... How can you be subjective even if they are not a believer? The verse continues that also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wise. So we've talked about government and how to be honorable and respectable there as Christians. We've talked about the workplace last week. And now even in our own homes, 
What does the spirit of submission look like? It is one of respect and honor that sees the husband as the order and leader of the home in a spiritual way. So wives, nudge your husbands real quick. Because husbands, it is your job to be the spiritual leader of the home. And that is a great responsibility. I would hate to stand before God one day and say, because of your leadership, your family has drifted. Your family does not know me. What great responsibility the husband has. But in doing so, a godly leader needs a helpmate to stand beside him. And that is where the wife comes in the picture. Peter teaches us that even in in an unbelieving marriage, a wife can win her husband to Jesus. Is there anybody in here that can testify to that? I've seen it happen. Amen. I see hands going up. It's hard, and I'm going to say this as a pastor and what I've seen. It's hard to see that the other way around. It's hard that, that men, the believers, when an unbeliever believe in wife, it happens. But so many times I've seen the women and the persistence of their faith and their love for Jesus grow on their husbands through the years. So here's my message today. Just because your husband is not a believer is not a ticket to get out of town. It's not a ticket to go to the courthouse and say, I'm gone. It's your ticket to love your husband and love him like Jesus would. And if you're the man and you're the believer here today and your wife is an unbeliever, it is your job to love her to the Lord and as the Lord loves her as well. What word stands out in verse number one? What word pops off the pages to you? Many of you would circle the word subjection. But I circled the word one. W-O-N. Because that is the spirit in which when you honor and respect your husband, you could win him to Jesus. That is the word that sticks out. You win him not by beating him over the head. You don't win your husband by preaching to him and telling him everything that he's done wrong. You win him, as the Bible says, by the conversation of the wives by words and actions is it getting hot in here to y'all sometimes somebody told me I look like an Easter egg anyway so I'll get rid of the jacket (laughs) this is hard stuff but friends look if you don't like this this isn't Jeffrey saying it it's God's word and some of the greatest people that I've won to the Lord has not been from a pulpit It's been in the workplace, and it's been in the place in which God used words and actions to speak through me to win somebody to Jesus. It's not saying my husband knows more, or is smarter, or is a better leader. It is the opportunity of order that Christ has laid out. It's not that we give into every demand, but that through the Spirit of Christ that lives in you, You could win people to Christ. That is the attitude here. So I I want you to see 
the spirit of subjection is that that puts honor and respect to the husband as the spiritual leader of the home. Now some of you may have homes where that's not the case. Here's what I'm going to say. Keep on keeping on because God can work. Here's what you've got to be careful. If you try to be God, it will never work. But if you, through the Holy Spirit's leading, submit, then God can really work. Does that make sense? The spirit of subjection is one that looks to Christ as the supreme leader first and then sees the order. Let's look at the stroke of beauty. Look at verses 3 and 4. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of the plating of the hair or of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The second thing I want you to see here is a stroke of beauty. Now, please don't hate me for using this. But Adrian Rogers, who I look up to and admire a lot, Adrian Rogers says this, what you catch him with, you will have to keep him with. Think about that. What you catch him with, you will have to keep him with. Here's what I want you to know. I didn't win Terry by my luscious locks of hair. Because if that's what one heard of me, we'd be in trouble right now. And here's what I want to say in a very real way. So many people look at beauty on the outside. And that is the most wrong way to look at beauty when it comes to the Word of God. Certainly there has to be physical attractions there. But one of the greatest things in the attractions of me to my wife was this. In five minutes, I could tell Terry we're going somewhere and I don't have to wait for the makeup and the hair to be done. We could be gone. And I love that. I love that. But here's what I want you to say. This scripture does not say don't get dressed up. It does not say don't curl your hair. It does not say don't look good. It does not say not to wear jewelry. Here's what it says. That's not where your true beauty lies. And I think our young women in particular need to hear that message over and over. Beauty is more than skin deep. And maybe some of us older ones need to hear that as well. Where is the true beauty at? Peter says this in verse number 3. Don't let it be on the outside. But beauty goes beyond silver and gold and hairstyles and outfits. Don't be caught up in the fashions of the day because the true beauty, look at verse number 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. The most beautiful thing in the sight of God is a woman who is quiet and meek in spirit, whose beauty lies in the Savior that she loves. And because she loves Jesus, she will love her husband and she will love others the same way. 
The stroke of beauty is a meek and quiet spirit. And if you want to write something down, write, write down Matthew eleven twenty nine Because Jesus says, put your yoke upon me because I am meek and lowly. The great price, the great beauty of a woman is the spirit of God that rests deep inside our heart. And certainly that cannot be bought with a price. In the sight of God, a heart that desires the Lord and a heart that desires to follow His will and a heart that wants to love and submit to the leader of the household, this heart is incomparable to anything money can buy. So today, I know this is tough stuff, but here's what God says. The beauty goes beyond the outward. The outward appearance. There's something that you've got to look for deeper. And this is the way that I tell my two teenage boys. When you go to date a girl, here's, here's actually my philosophy. Be friends with them all, right? Ain't that right, boys? Be friends with them all. But when the time comes, the first thing you look for is Jesus. You look for Jesus. And if you don't see Jesus, move along. Now I want to charge Christian husbands and wives in this place today that people ought to see Jesus more than they see the outward beauty in which we behold. There's nothing good here to look at. But I hope deep down inside, you know the Spirit of God is here in my life. And I pray it's in yours as well. The third thing is I want you to see a sample of love. Look at verses 5 and 6. For after this manner... In the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Guys, underline that. Whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. This brings to end the six verses that are devoted to the wife. And at the end of that, Peter says that, hey, in the old days, the wife called the husband Lord. It's a little L, okay? But basically is the leader of their home. I'm grateful that as I look back in Scripture, I can see where people messed up. And I even look in my own life, and I can retrace the steps of where things messed up. And a lot of times, messed up times in my marriage, it wasn't my wife. It all started with me. Maybe it was my attitude. Maybe it was uh, the way that I said something. Maybe it was my assumptions. But it roots back to me. And here we are given an example in Scripture of two people as I began to study. I scratched my head and said, Peter, why in the world would you use these two? But Abraham, the father of faith, and Sarah, his wife. There is no perfect marriage. If you get anything out of today's sermon, you write that down. There is no perfect marriage. But the example of Abraham and Sarah, Peter, why would you use those? Because that was ridiculous. If you think back in Genesis, if, if Abraham was the leader and the godly leader of his family, you know what he did to his wife? Two times he went into separate territories or countries. And he lied and said, that's my sister. Here's what he done to his wife. He didn't claim her as his wife because in doing so, she was beautiful. 
And if she was beautiful and the king wanted her, what did that mean for him? He was dead. They would kill him, take her to become their wife. And so to save his own backside, his own life, he said, no, that's not my wife, that's just my sister. They wouldn't harm him as the brother, they would kill him as the husband. Twice he done that, twice he lied, twice he set Sarah up. Now put yourself in Sarah's position going along with that as she is introduced as the sister. What do you say to that? Peter's point here is even in the wrong, Sarah was a great support. Sarah went along with the plan. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not saying lying is right. Don't take that the wrong way. But what Peter is saying here is this. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, even as she was faithful to him, God honored that. Even when it wasn't right. Even when it didn't look, uh, look good or look precious. Listen, we have a... Uh, uh, we have a bad habit in America of basing marriage on Hallmark movies. And that's not the way it goes. It never works out like that. But here's what I want you to say. There are times where I've stumbled and there are times where I've fallen as the spiritual leader and I am so thankful that Terry has been right by my side. And that's what we need in a strong, godly Christian woman to look us in the eye and say, Hey, honey, I trust you, but I don't think this is right. Hey, honey, you better pray about this again and make sure we're doing the right thing. Honey, are you sure? Look at verse number 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy woman who trusted in God. I underline those words in my Bible. The women's role first is to trust in Jesus as their Savior. And in doing so, then they become the great helpmate that God designed in their marriage. As we think about this sample of love, I know in this scripture it says... That Sarah called him Lord. I don't expect that as a husband. And man, you better not expect that either. But here's what I want to submit to you. What God taught me through this. What Sarah has done. She has submitted to the imperfect leadership of a godly man. She did not submit to his lordship. Her lordship in verse number 5 she trusted in God. God is who her lordship was to. The leadership then is submitted to her husband. I want you to see a team, a husband and wife, that were faithful to one another even through the process. Now six verses for women. And there's one left. Verse number seven. Guys, take note because there's a lot here for us. Verse number 7, look at it. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. There's a lot in this verse. 
But there's part of it that stood out to me. And I want to share that with you today. Proverbs 21 verse number 19 says this. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Ain't no husband saying amen. Y'all got him right, okay. I'm just testing you there, okay. Use your elbow, okay. Use your elbow. It's something about a woman. And here's my philosophy. This is not scriptural. This is Jeffrey. You can't live with them and you can't live without them. And here's the truth. Here's what Peter says in verse number 7. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them. Live with them. It goes further than just sharing the same space or sharing the same house. It is a provision. It is a partnership of being involved in life one with another. You may be responsible for the outside things, husbands, but you are responsible for the things that happen inside as well. And so I want you to know, husbands, it starts with you being the spiritual leader of your home. You must understand and know what true fellowship with Jesus looks like. But husbands are pushed to do three things in this verse. First thing, husbands, you are to treat your wives in an understanding way. Verse number 7 says, dwell with them according to knowledge. You are to be considerate to her. You are to meet her and love her and respect her as God's word teaches. She is not inferior to you. She is not to be looked down upon, but you must love her. And here's what Colossians 3.19 says, that you must love them and do not be bitter or harsh against them. You are to love your wife as Christ loves the church and Christ died for the body. You are to die for her because your love is that great. You are to treat her in an understanding way. And I wrote those words, and I will probably hear about them later, okay? Because I will admit, that's not, that's not my greatest strength. I miss the signs. I miss the cues. But what Peter says is you've got to pick up on those, and you've got to meet those. After the Lord, she should be priority number one. Nobody else. And I know this might hurt your feelings a little bit today. But if kids and grandkids come before that relationship, you've got it out of order. You need to get it back in order. Because if, if it's out of order, as we talked about, chaos ensues. Many marriages fail when kids come in the picture because it becomes out of order. Get it in order. Husbands, you are to love the Lord and you are to meet those needs that your wife has. And verse number 7 goes on to say this. You are to give honor unto the wife. And the rest of it says, as the weaker vessel. Don't you dare think that you're better than her because of that. That is talking about a physical way, a physical strength. Now, I'm going to say this. Some of you women are probably stronger than me, okay? But here's what I want to say. The weaker vessel is a, is a physical way. 
a physical thing. Peter says more, more times than not, the woman is the weaker one physically. But you are to give honor to her. Show her honor. We translated this same word a couple weeks ago as precious. And I'm just going to say this. If she is not right below Jesus in your relationship, you've got it wrong. The place of honor in your life goes to Jesus and she deserves the next place. And so today when we think about showing her honor, it is that you carry the heavy load and you give her the place. You give her the place of honor that enjoys your time and your energy and your love and your leading and your devotion second to Jesus. If she's missing that, she's missing out a lot and what the woman needs to have a successful relationship. Peter refers to the wife as the weaker vessel, but that means this, men. We are to carry the heaviest of loads. You are not to palm that off on your wife. You are not to make her bear that physical burden or that spiritual burden. You've got to help carry the load. Warren Wearsby says this, and I love it. In a relationship, the husband is the thermostat setting the emotional and spiritual temperature of the home. The wife is the thermometer Letting him know what it is. That's excellent. You work together to make it happen. The last part of the verse, and I don't want you to miss it, man, is this. And as being heirs together for the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Your prayers be not hindered. The third thing that I think married people ought to do it's pray one for another or one with another. Pray together. But Peter takes it a step further and says this. Men, you may think your prayer life is going strong. But if your house is out of order, then your prayer life is being hindered. And that is true. How many of you know that when things mess up at home... Your prayer life does not get stronger. It takes a step back. They become hindered. And so the last thing I want you to leave here is you mad at the pastor. I want you to know that this is God's word, but God's challenge for all of us today. And I want everybody to look here for one second. I know I'm looking at faces, and I get the outward appearance for just a few seconds. And you get the outward appearance for me. But if you came to my house and you spent very much time, you would not see a perfect family. You would see one that's trying. You would see a work in progress. Maybe on my front door, I need to put under construction on the doors. As your pastor, I don't have it all figured out. But here's what I do know from this scripture. God must be first. And then man and woman has its order. The woman needs the man to be the spiritual leader. And men, that is the challenge today. We leave here. We must be spiritual leaders in our home. But what happens? What happens if you showed up to church or you tuned in today and your home doesn't look like this? 
maybe an unbeliever is involved in some way or husbands you may not be permitted to lead by your wives or wives you may not think you have a say so in your home here's what I want you to say there could be situations that reach abuse here's what I tell you you need help you need to get help you need to get help God did not design marriage for man to rule over the woman. That's not the, that's not the designation here. It is to be a partnership and working together that they both may glorify God in all that they do. So even if your marriage is not picture perfect, today here's what the Lord says. Trust me with it. When it goes against what God says, that's when you need to get help. So ladies, men, if you're in a situation that is going against this, get help. Reach out. If it becomes physical, you better go get help. Don't you dare stay because the pastor said I need to be in submission. That's not what I'm saying. Because that goes against God and everything that he does. Today, if you don't have this relationship Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Husbands and wives, men and women, married and even unmarried today, you need to desire this kind of relationship and move toward it. Work toward it. Work toward that. If, if, if you look at my relationship, hopefully you will see us working to be more like Jesus. And that's what we need to do. That's the challenge of the day. Get the chaos in order. But maybe there's somebody here today that can't submit anywhere. You can't submit in government, and you can't submit in the workplace, and you can't submit in the home because you've never submitted your life and your heart to Jesus. Before you can get everything else right, you've got to get God in the right place. So today, through His blood and His forgiveness of sin, you can come before a holy God and say, God, here's a very imperfect life. But I'm submitting to you to lead me from this day forward. Lord, please save me and change me and make me more like you. Today you can do that. Christian brother and sister, maybe there's a decision. Maybe there's a prayer need within your body or within your home or within the body of believers that you need to bring before the Lord. You come in this moment of invitation as we go to him now. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for... A very difficult topic. Lord, it is one, the first time that I've ever preached on this. God, I know that it is not perfect. And I pray that only you can take the imperfect words of man, Lord, and make it make sense in a holy way. God, today, I pray every ear and every heart within this congregation heard a message, not from Jeffrey, but from God, about getting our homes in order. Lord, I pray, Lord, today that as we come together as believers, Lord, that we will bow before you and submit to the leadership of you in our life. Lord, I pray for marriages within this place. And I believe that the Christian marriage is under attack. So God, I pray, Lord, that you give us strength in and through your word today that we will get it in the right order. You first, husbands and wives working together to glorify you. God, today, if there's somebody that needs you as Savior, 
Lord, I pray that they don't put it off to another time or a better day. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will begin to work and draw that one. Move that one to step out and come to you today. Father, we pray that you take over this moment of invitation. God, that you lead it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.